Please turn your Bibles to the book of 1 John, chapter 4. I spoke to Kathy this morning, but I didn't talk to her about what I'm preaching. And she didn't mention to me what she was singing. However, it looks like God has really put something good together today. And we're going to talk about an unshakable loving this morning from 1 John chapter 4. I usually go over an outline of what we shared in the Word of God on, on camp night. I'm going to do that this morning for just a minute as we get started, and and you'll see why in just a few minutes. We talked about unshakable faith in uncertain times. It's quite an uncertain world that we live in, but there is a steady faith for the children of God so that we can walk through this world in confidence And we looked at some building blocks so that the Christian can be confident. There's a lot of doubting Christians in this world about different things. And and God doesn't want us there. We we talked about this and we, we considered the doubts. And we also considered God's Word, which helps us with our doubts. We we started with an unshakable saving. The Bible says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved, we have a a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. We have been saved with a salvation in Jesus Christ and we know that we're going to heaven. It's an unshakable saving. But He doesn't take us right there. And before He takes us to heaven, we have an unshakable connecting here on earth in fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, a lot of people have a relationship and and I just don't know how much fellowship is going on. But we were encouraged by God's Word that it is possible It's a command, so you know it's possible. It's establishable. And fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ is very enjoyable. And then there is an unshakable assuring that we have on this earth as children of God. And we experience an unshakable assuring in our hearts when we are obedient to God. To obey God's Word does not save us. To obey God's Word does not keep our salvation. But to obey God's Word assures our hearts before Him. And then we shared an unshakable conditioning. God's promise to forgive us of our sins is more powerful than our sins. And, and there's a conditioning in that. That's why we confess our sins. Because He promises He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 
There is power over our hearts. Our hearts accuse us when we're wrong, but there is power over our hearts. There is power in our prayers. Praise the Lord, we know that. But we, we dug into the conditioning, the unshakable conditioning that's going on in our lives. We ask according to His will. We don't... I, I, I told the kids, it doesn't matter if I ask for a two and a half month vacation next summer. We're, we're to ask according to His will. And then we see in 1 John 3, 18-24, we'll find there that living according to His will gives us power in our prayers. And then we have power by the Holy Spirit. And all of these things give us confidence as children of God. And then we closed two mornings ago with an unshakable loving. The Apostle, the Apostle John was all, all obsessed in the love of Jesus. He was overwhelmed at how much Jesus loved him. And he shared with us how much he loves us. And you know, he's coming back to get us. Uh, our ride is on the way is the way we talked about it. And, and our ride is going to recognize us. We shall be like Him. And, and we know how to get ready by purifying our hearts. We have a wonderful Father who loves us, who's coming back to get us, who assures us, who gives us confidence. And therefore, we don't want to hurt the heart of our Father who loves us. And He's hurt by impurity but we are able in Him to be confident that every single one of us can purify our hearts before Him. We know how to get ready for Jesus to come back. An unshakable loving. This morning, an unshakable loving, part 2. 1 John 4, verses 8-13 through 13, says, He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He hath given us of His Spirit. That word know in verse 13, uh, 38 times. You find that word K-N-O-W in 1 John. And I, I numbered them in my Bible. That's number 30 right there. And we, we are given confidence in this book. We are shown how to walk in assurance by this book. And, and, what a, and no better human pen could it have been than the Apostle John who was so confident... Because he walked in the experience of a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. He tore right into the Gospel of John in verse 1, verse 5, and talked about the attribute that God is light. 
And then when you go into verse 4 and you look at the woman at the well, we see the attribute of God that God is spirit. But this morning, here in 1 John, we are going to look at the amazing quality of God that God is love. And John says that he is that disciple whom Jesus loved. Jesus took out time from dying on the cross and said, John, take care of my mother. What an affirmation of God's love to us that we are able to serve Him and do things for Him. God's love was personal in John's life. He rejoiced in calling himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. He couldn't get over the love of God. And when you and I comprehend and are affirmed by God's love for us, it is something that we will never ever get over as well. May we never lose the amazement of the fact that God loves a sinful world. We consider this world that we live in today and the attacks upon the Bible and those who express their hatred for their Creator and the Savior who came to this world to save them. And we can get all caught up in looking at such an awful world that neglects God, that doesn't want God. But then can we just consider how God loves this world? How He knew exactly how this world was going to treat Him. And Jesus died for this world anyway. He died for this world because He loves this world and wants to save it. We can spend our entire lives learning of the love of God and barely skim the surface. And once we get to heaven and stand in the fullness of it, then we'll know. We share a love with others in this world. You know, there's a love in this world that happens. We express love. We say words of love. We are failed by the love of others. But I'm here to say this morning that we will never be failed by our Creator's love. God loves us. And He loves us unconditionally. And, And you can't do anything to make God love you less. You're not going to make Him love you more, but you're not going to make Him love you less. And He's always going to love you. We're assured of this. It's affirmed in our hearts. Do you know this experience this morning? Because this is what gives the Christian confidence. It is continual. God has stated His love to us. In this love letter, He has told us He loves us over and over again. God loves you. Do not base your circumstances in this world on whether God loves you or not. This is a fallen world. This is a sinful world. And things happen. And Jesus has let us know that things are going to happen. And and, and we're going to have blessings. But we're going to have our share of burdens. Never measure God's love. by the blessings you have or the burdens you have. Things change in our lives. Things change in this world. But the love of God never changes for you and I. Verse 7 says, 
for love is of God. Verse 8 says, for God is love. God is light. In Him is no darkness at all. He, he's not fond of darkness. He's not fond of sin. Okay, He hates sin. He's never going to have a softer attitude about sin. But He loves the sinner. This is a concept that many people do not understand. There's a whole lot of religious people out there in the world and they are doing everything they can to try to achieve being loved by God. They are trying to earn the love of their Creator. But God has stated He loves us. He loves the sinner. You know, my mama loved me. And she loves me now. She didn't quit loving me. Why did I just say that? She still loves me. My mama whipped me a lot. I didn't feel like love. I wasn't thinking about love when that happened. But she loved me. I know that. And sometimes God's love comes by way of reproof. Sometimes His love comes by way of rebuke. That is love from a good father. And sometimes His love comes by way that, that we, as a majority, think about. By, by exhortation, by encouragement. God loves us in many ways. God's love can be likened unto a storm sometimes. And God's love can be the calm before a storm. But any way it comes, we know that God loves us. He is love and His Word says so. God has many attributes and love is one. And John was consumed with the fact that God loves sinners. God wants everyone to know that He loves us. Nobody leaves this world unloved. Everybody doesn't go to heaven. The majority seem to not go to heaven. But no one leaves this world unloved by God. He loves everyone. And He wants to make sure we know it. And He has told us over and over and over in His Word. He's not only stated His love, He has shown His love. Look, look, look at your Bibles at verse 9 if you would. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. That manifested means clearly seen. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. God has voiced His love to us through His Word. And God has made visible His love to us by way of His Son. He, His Son was manifested in this world. Jesus Christ isn't some 2,000 years old. Jesus Christ is 33 and a half years old plus forever. He wasn't made when He came into this world. He was manifested. He came from glory in His pre-existence in heaven and then He came and He showed Himself to this earth. And He has shown the greatest love we could ever know. God gave His only begotten Son. There is no true loving if there's no giving. 
This love we're talking about, it is a love that loves and it is a love that gives. You can't separate the two. This love we're talking about is a love that is a love in action. It is an acting love. We can say things all we want, but real love is put in shoe leather and it is acted. And God clothed Himself in a body of flesh and He didn't just say He loved us. He came to us in a body of flesh. He revealed Himself through the manifestation of His Son. God communicated His love. And then He came to us. He became humanity and He became the propitiation for our sins. He came and He satisfied His own righteousness. Praise the Lord for that. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, none of us were going to fulfill God's perfect righteousness. Jesus came and He satisfied the righteousness of God. Jesus came and He satisfied the justice of God. God set the penalty for sin. And that is for the human being. And so God became a human being for us and He satisfied His righteousness and He satisfied His justice. He is our propitiation. We could never meet God's standard. We miss the mark. But but God coming to us by way of His Son satisfied the Father and all that we need. Every sinner, which everyone is because of Adam, every sinner can be accepted by God. Can you see His love this morning? Can you see it through the eyes of faith? He's not walking this earth anymore. We can't walk with Jesus throughout His earthly ministry. We can't hear Him talk about giving His life for us. We can't hear Him talk about going away directly to us in person. And that He was about to go to the cross. And He really did give His life. And He was buried and raised again. And He was here 40 days, seen by over 500 witnesses. And then He ascended to heaven. We weren't there to see that. But can you see the love of God through the eyes of faith today? But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Why would He do that? Why would He do that for us? You've read the latest articles on the hatred of this world toward God and His Word, playing soccer with a Bible. Why would He do that? Why would God do that? Because it's a love that is out of this world. It's a love that even us, the children of God, cannot completely comprehend yet. He loves everyone and He wants no one to pay the penalty for sin because He paid it for So He came in our place and He paid it for us. God sent forth His Son to be a propitiation, Romans 3.25, through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. For God to be satisfied to save a sinner, perfection in a human life had to take place. And the death of human life had to happen. So the perfection of God came in the flesh and depended on the Father. And He died for our sins. The love of others has been affirmed in our lives. I mentioned my mama. No way 
that you could make me think that she doesn't love me. You all have had love affirmed in your lives. But never has there been a life loved the way Jesus loves a life. He has proven that He loves us. Verse 14 says, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. That is love. As long as we live here, we will never see another love the way that Jesus loves. I hope you come into the most beautiful marriage or have the most beautiful marriage for the rest of your life and you share love as God intended it in marriage. But you will never know the love that's greater than that except through Jesus Christ. We may love our kids, but our kids were God's before they were us. And we will not know a greater love than Jesus. Nobody loves like Jesus loves. This love is stated. This love has been shown. And we might consider the whole message so far God's love to us. He has loved us. He has given us His love. He has left us here. And Jesus says, love one another. Love one another. Now it's to us. His love's for us. His love's to us. Now what do we do with this love? It's to be shared. Look with me in your Bibles at verse 11, please. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And His love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us, because He hath given us of His Spirit. We don't literally see God's love by Jesus walking this earth today, seeing Him crucified on the cross, resurrected again. But God has made a way for His love to be visible today. We say we love God, and I believe we love God. And, and if someone were to say, how do we love God? How do we know that we love Well, because I love Him. Because I tell Him I love Him. And I can imagine the Father saying, well, that, that's, all, that's all fine and good. But if you love me, you are going to show you love me By loving others. That is how God's love is visible today. By loving others. By way of His people. By way of His love through His people. It's not in man's ability to make God's love appear among us today unless we are loving others. Verse 12 says, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. And His love is perfected in us. Paul says, by way of the Holy Spirit, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. 
I wonder why He dumped that heavenly love and poured it down into us when He saved us. That we might show it to others. God has enabled us to share His love. Who is maturing as a Christian? Who is continually growing in the things of God? Who is able to drown out those doubting whispers of Satan? Am I saved? Am I not? What's my life? What, what's my life been? It hasn't been in the will of God. You're not saved. See, you're not saved. You've been doing all this all this time. See what you did? See what you thought just then? You're not saved. Those whispers of the devil are drowned out by a very loud assurance and confidence that the children of God have whenever we are obeying His Word, whenever we are loving others. Who has done this? Those who have yielded their lives to God and are constantly loving more and more like God, maturing in His love. For this to happen, this takes surrender of our lives. It takes sacrifice of our lives. If we're going to love like God, we're going to be dying to self. What a wonderful prayer every morning. That is according to God's will. Lord, help me to die to self today that you might be seen, that I might be able to love others. It takes forgiveness for us to share the love that God is. It takes, it takes, it takes, it takes sacrifice, it takes surrender, it takes dying to self, it takes a whole lot of other things, but but forgiveness. The story I have to close with is, is on forgiveness and that showing of God's love. Most of us are familiar with Corey Ten Boom, the torment the terrible suffering that was experienced in captivity, the hand of the very ones that brought her trouble caused the death of her sister Betsy. Ten years or so after Corey's release, she runs across a woman, and the woman does everything she can not to make contact, eye contact with Corey. And it, it sparked up her interest. And she had a curiosity. And she asked who that was. And somebody said some things about her and then said that she was a nurse in a concentration camp. And then it all came back to Corey. She took her sister Betsy to this nurse in this concentration camp. She was dying, and this nurse they took her to was very, very cruel to both of them. And when they said that about her, she, looked, she pictured that face because she wouldn't look at her, and she remembered who she was and how she treated them. All of the sudden, she started to swell with anger with hatred, and she had a desire for revenge. Ever been there? 
You don't have to say it, but you can be honest in your heart if you've ever been there. I believe we've all been there. The temptation, the rage starting to boil over. Maybe someone's there right now in some circumstances in their life. I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes. I asked all the campers to close their eyes. And I asked them to picture a stick figure person. Just draw them in their minds. And we talked about the warning of hatred that John gives that keeps us from having confidence and assurance. If we're harboring hatred, if we're being bitter, if we're, if we're staying calloused in our hearts. I know people who've done that for 30 years, haven't profited them a single thing. But you go ahead and picture a stick figure in your mind. because, And I'm going to too because it's going to help all of us. As we think about the rage that was rising in Corey. How about you and I? Does a face fill that does a face fill that circle for you? I had somebody do that to me one time and a face came to my mind and then I spent 12 hours with that person the next week totally unplanned it was out of the ordinary for it to happen and that person was in a vehicle for, with me for 12 hours. And I promised my Sunday school teacher that whoever's face came to my mind, I would tell them about Jesus. And I told them about Jesus for about 12 hours. They wanted to fight me. I kept on telling them about Jesus. Did a face fill that circle? I hope it's just two dots and two pieces of a triangle and a mouth. And nobody. But if it is, but if it got filled with someone, I hope that we can do what Corey did. She was filling up with rage. The hatred was, was coming out of her ears by like fire. But she cried out to the Lord to forgive her for her hatred. And she begged the Lord to teach her to love her enemies. And her heart started to cool. Her rage started to dwindle. And a love began to rise in her heart for that cruel nurse that was only a divine love. And guess what happens when we fool around and give something to God like that? As the story goes, she started praying for that cruel nurse. She called her on the phone and she talked to her on the phone. And then she met her in person and she explained 1 John 4, 9 to this nurse. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Almost instantly, that nurse thirsted with a desire for this love that Corey so confidently 
and sweetly told her about. And she led this cruel nurse to Christ. God replaced Corey's hatred with his love. He wants to do that for all of us. He wants clarity to be shown to us of the deceptiveness of hatred. Because we think we are hurting someone else when we are hating. I don't know about that. I don't know how much of that really happens. I don't really know how much we're getting somebody when we're hating somebody. But I tell you what, we're getting ourselves. We are getting ourselves when we are hating. We are hurting ourselves more than we could ever hurt someone else. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for those who after 30 years heard something like this from God's Word. And they said, I'm set free. God, the the deceptive blinders are not on anymore. That hatred is hurting me. I thought I've been hating someone else. I've been hating myself. I've been walking in darkness. The Bible says here in 1 John that hatred is like being in darkness and stumbling around in the darkness. And we can't find our way around in the darkness. Praise God for His love that He has shown us, that He has loved us with, that we might love others. God has stated His love. God has shown His love to us. And now, the showing of God's love happens when we show His love to others. Not just those who love us. An unsaved, dying world can do that. But loving the unlovable. That's what His love does. And it'll make the difference... Whatever our practice is, it'll make the difference in us being a confident or a doubting Christian. Know this morning that God wants us to be a confident people. He has done everything that is needed to be done for us not only to be saved, but to be built up in confidence and assurance, walking with Him, knowing Him, sharing His love. The question today... The question for some today is, are we sharing His love? What a pleasant experience it is that brings such joy to us as we're steadily abounding in the love of God. The question for others this morning is, have you received God's love? If you have never had God's love made personal in your life, then you can be absolutely confident that that can happen this morning. The faith it takes to be saved by Jesus Christ comes by the Word of God. It comes by the glorious good news of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised again the third day according to the Scriptures. That is the good news for you. 
that you can stand in confidence in this morning and you can be saved from your sins just like every Christian in here was at one time or another. You can go from dead in sins to alive unto God. It's what everybody needs and it's on display at the cross at Calvary. You can look for the first time through eyes of faith and see your sins upon the Lord Jesus. He died for the sins of the world, but He died for your sins. If it's personal this morning, if someone's convicted this morning, yes, good news, it's your sins. Jesus died for all of your sins. And if you would look through the eyes of faith, if you would go to the cross, if you would look to the cross, you'd see your sins there and they're gone. The penalty has been paid. Would you trust Him? Would you be free in Christ? Would you know Him as your Lord and Savior this morning? The forgiveness of all your sins. The death penalty has been paid by Jesus. There is a hell for you to shun. Hell is very disturbing for many people, but not for the child of God. Not for the one who knows Jesus. We pray that's you this morning. If, if you are like some from testimonies I heard this week at camp, I know that I'm saved. But the next statements were about a doubting that's taking place. Just whether it's whether that whether that moment of a whisper comes into your life that you doubt you're saved, I don't understand that. But but if that whisper has come to to through your mind or if you're just believing that, that God's just not pleased right now, we have building blocks of confidence in His Word. There's assurance. There's confidence for you. And God wants that for every one of His children. So you do business with God today as He moves upon your heart. You come forward and, and I would love to share the Word of God with you and how you can be saved or for the struggling Christian. Struggling Christians on my heart today that you wouldn't struggle anymore. That you would see these building blocks of confidence. That's where your Father wants you and that's where He wants me too. Let us pray. Almighty Father in heaven, we come before your throne boldly. We're amazed by your love for us this morning. Dear God, forgive us when we have put your love on a human level. And the thought of you taking some of it away or giving a little more for some good deed done. Father, we are loved with an everlasting love. And we rejoice in this this morning. And we have been able to be built up by your truth today. We are a loved people by you. And we thank you for that. And we thank you that as your children, we know that we need to examine our lives for anything that is keeping the flow of that love to go from you to us, through us, to others. 
Father, forgive us. May we be obedient to your word. May we be obedient to your old command, to your new command, that we love one another. And Lord, you are doing an evangelizing work even now in someone's heart. And they have been in religion and they have been told of some outward religion, religious hoops to jump through, to try to attain you. And I pray that one would rest in your love this morning, that they would rest in a relationship, that they would know that they're already loved just as they are. If they will come to the Lord Jesus and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of their sins freely, Lord. We thank You for the free gift of Your salvation. Someone may be understanding this morning that salvation is the free gift of God. Which means they haven't earned it and never will. So we pray for the one who will trust You today. That they would confess it before all God's people. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. If you would please stand. If all would please rise. Let us do business with God during this time of invitation.